0: How's it going, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Buddy's House of Horror podcast. I'm going to keep this intro as short and sweet as I possibly can because this episode actually went way longer than we were anticipating. But that's what happens when you're having a great conversation with one of your greatest friends of all time, Midnight miles Aykroyd. and today we are discussing a lot of films that we have changed our opinion on over the years films that have grown on us over the years and just films that we're looking forward to re-watching if we haven't re-watched them in a long time so I hope you guys enjoy the ride with us. If you guys haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to my channel and turn on notifications so you know when I post new videos. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get the show, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button over there as well and leaving me a rating and a review. So with that, we're just going to get right to the episode, so now let's get spooky. Spooky. <laughs> all right everybody welcome back to the house of horror it's definitely been a fat minute since we've done one of these episodes so i had to bring one of the heavy hitters back on midnight miles what's going on my man
1: hey thanks for having me back i appreciate it it has been quite a while a lot's changed uh i think in in both of our lives uh my life is pretty much the now, same. Oh, you've, you know. Well, what has changed? How have I changed as a person uh, since the last a, time you're we did a, this? You're a freaking teacher now, bro. I was a
0: teacher last time we did this, I Kat. You, I don't think you really, you know.
1: You know, I was don't getting talk into this. About it too you know, much. I do
0: have a full year of teaching under my belt. See? There you um, go. At the collegiate level. For some reason, they let me teach college students. Well. Um, but it is what it is. Some of them actually listen to the show, so shout out to you guys. Uh, for sticking around. Miles, I would say, to tell the story, because Miles had a hell of a weekend this weekend, you guys. Um, tied down fest in Detroit. But Miles' favorite thing to do is to tell a bunch of stories before we start recording, when they're actually phenomenal podcast stories.
1: But he But he just, it, he just told, he I, just told I, me I all know. this stuff. I part. don't know if all the... I, Listen, it, it, you're
0: talking about people... Getting stitches in the face.
1: Fucking Justin Tripp's haircut. Can you just... <laughs> justice <laughs> Tripp. Just, just, justice Tripp. Justice. Trip. Edit that part out. We don't want our listeners saying we don't I'm know I'm losing it. my hardcore crap. Uh, Holy shit. You gotta come out of Mosh Retirement, bro. Um, yeah, ti- yeah, I don't know when this is coming out, but it is... The this de- will probably come out in like two days if we're recording. It. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. You know, yeah, we gotta keep... We gotta, I never know when the, when things are coming out, but... um. Yeah, I just got back from Tie Down Fest, uh, year or two. I've been to both years. It was a blast. Um, it went from being one day to two days this year, which I th- it's weird because I was more exhausted day one than I was yesterday. <laughs> Makes no sense, but um, well, because
0: you were acclimated to it. Like the first day is just kind of the shock. Second day, you're like, all right, I know what I'm getting myself into. I've been in the trenches. My girlfriend's getting hit in the face with beer cans full she speed. Did, yeah,
1: she did get During trapped under ice, get hit with a giant fucking beer. So, um, I guess I, I don't know how many people have, have listened to this. Uh, I don't remember the last episode I was on, do you?
0: It was something in October.
1: I For, can't remember uh,
0: I, uh, about the release schedule. I'm not sure which episode came out um, the latest, but
1: yeah, but a lot's a lot's changed. Uh, I guess we're not going to talk about it too much, but uh, on the podcast, I think I've been known for being inebriated uh, in, on, on various things over the years, but I'm actually now currently sober. I feel like that's a big thing. Uh, so maybe, I probably won't sound as fucked up to everyone who's listening now. I think that's maybe a good thing. Maybe lost a few listeners because of me over the years. I don't know. What do you think? I
0: don't think we've lost any listeners because of you.
1: Um, I'll tell. I'll I'll say this to Miles, and
0: I've told him this off the podcast too. So this isn't that radical of a statement. He's had some of the more drunk conversations I've had with him now that he's sober than when he was (laughs) drinking. Like Miles just walks in the house, and I don't know. He has like this weird like post nut clarity only it's like post drinking clarity he just comes in he sees like he fucking like saw god or something you like walks, he's like man like i don't know like and he's saying all this crazy (laughs) shit
1: i mean i'm a pretty uh i don't know i i'm extreme enough i guess in my own way i'm not gonna go into it here i'm i'm embarrassed Uh, i can tell i'm blushing as I'm staring at your three beautiful cats. Hey, that's a change. You have another animal in the house now. Binky
0: was on the last podcast I did solo for the Skinner Marine uh, review. So, update, uh, since this is the first one coming out since the Skinner Marink review. Binky is still with us. He is fixed. He is vaguely getting along with the other cats. Vaguely. Um, as in, they tolerate each other. Like, they're not, like, hanging out all the time and all that kind of stuff. But they get along decently enough. So... That is the Binky update. Um, still want to name him Skinnamarink because that's what we were on the way to the theater when we saw him. So,
1: what could you use for a um, like a short of that, like shortening the name, like a nickname for Skinnamarink? What do you think is a good nickname for that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, nothing. I got nothing either. Uh, well, speaking of that, uh. It's been a lot of stuff that's come out this year already with horror and stuff like that. I mean, I can't believe we're already into June. Um, I'm sure we've talked about it as we like to talk about how fucking old we're getting and aging and all these things and how fast time is going. Um, But fuck, this year's gone fast. What do you think? The past five months, you know? It's gone
0: very fast. I feel like... uh, Ironically, um, I talked to you about... like. This semester at school just being kind of difficult for me, like, getting into the vibe of teaching again. Because, like, the first semester I had double the kids I had the second semester. Right. So, like, I felt like the beginning of the year was really dragging. But then as soon as I started, like, vibing with the class and stuff, the year just started to flow, like, rather quickly. So now, yes, it is insane that it's already June.
1: I think... In Ohio, I think we've talked about it enough. That's where we're listening from. A lot of probably a lot of listeners in Ohio. Uh, I feel like as soon as the weather starts to get nice, I blink and then it actually is October, November, and then it's all shit again. And then it then you're like in the middle of January, and January feels like four months. Thank God this past year didn't. This year, honestly, winter everything has been great, but there's somewhere it's like you feel like you've been in winter for a year. But we were very well this lucky year. This year. This
0: year we went all out with the winter preparations we got brand new shovels we bought a snow blower and it did not snow at all this year we got like a little light fuzz snow but like in years previously we were like shoveling all the time and it was a pain in the ass and then this year that's probably why the year feels like it was so fast because like it was like kind of winter and then all of a sudden it's just like hot
1: yeah yeah well even it even had a like we had a fucking few weird weeks in april where it was like 70 and then it was 35 and snowing again for like two hours and then all of a sudden we came out of that had like two weeks of rain and like all right and then it was warm and then it did the classic ohio oh no we're gonna drop 10 degrees and stay there and now it's kind of it's it's but it's been a good year i know we're losing listeners talking about the fucking weather but uh We're old men now. I mean, we're we're starting to get well into our thirties, ripe into our old age. But uh, what uh, what else has been going on in the world of horror and House of Horrors?
0: Like, there's been a ton of films coming out. There's probably too many to go in depth into um for this. But like some films, like I mean, Scream Six obviously came out this year. Big one this year. Did really well. Um, we saw Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey together um absolutely abysmal it's
1: worst worst my worst letterboxd film of the year but god i enjoyed myself with how stupid it was, it was
0: miles's favorite film of all uh, time he was flexing incredibly hard the whole film it,
1: it had some of the the worst uh oh god i we we're not gonna do a whole uh podcast on winnie the Pooh for blood and honey uh but check it out i i think i think anyone who's a horror fan should check it out um I'm sober, and I recommend you do substances while watching it, <laughs> uh, but do them responsibly uh, yeah. in your home, and hopefully with your, your kids in bed, and not watching this horrible fucking film, but anyways, uh, I'm what, trying
0: to think what else came out this year, I mean, I guess I can check out
1: some, some stuff, here we go, we, we're okay, we're, in, we're into the new year, we're, we're doing Letterboxd live on the air, trying to figure out what so happened I, this I, so this year I'm
0: actually doing something different. I've only seen seven films that came out this year, but I'm actually ranking them like in a list like as I'm watching them. Like, oh, I like this better than this. So right now, for some reason, I have Skinner rank as the best one I saw in theaters this year. Oh, wow. Um, but Renfield came out this year. I thought that was... Renfield that was, for,
1: knew exactly what it was. I had a very big argument with, with my dear friend Dylan Neme. He's probably not going to listen to this, but about...
0: How do you a side note I think of Dylan Nimi anytime a fucking Coheed song comes on shuffle. Like the other day fucking uh Devil in Jersey City came on and I was like, "Oh, somewhere in South Carolina, Dylan's just like levitating inexplicably." <laughs> um
1: I feel like uh maybe a discussion for another podcast, but uh, Renfield was 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 very good. Um Evil Dead Rise came out. That kind of I forgot to put. I forgot to put that in the ranking. I think I liked it. I think I was more generous than than I guess some of our our mutual friends and you. I mean, I liked it. It was a serviceable sequel. It had some great special effects, but I think it was kind of missing a little bit of the soul that the Evil Dead series is known for. But I still think it's it was it was a pretty fun time. Infinity Pool. I saw I really seen it really yet. liked Infinity Pool probably one of the better films I've seen this year. I really liked Boo is Afraid. Uh I thought that was a very good film, very heavy film. I'd like to see it again. Uh That's another one I haven't seen cuz
0: like I every time I wanted to go see it I was like fuck, I just don't have time for a 3-hour movie it's a long, on a Tuesday.
1: <laughs> it's a lot to digest too. Like you leave and I'm like, man, I kind of need to watch that again already. Uh this year's been fun. And before we go into some, some other stuff, uh, some bigger topics, but this year at the theater, I've had a lot of fun. I saw Cocaine Bear. I saw, even from what Winnie the Pooh was, it was I had a great time. Renfield was super fun. I went and saw that uh, a fucking very generic Knights of the Zodiac based on the, uh, the anime uh, live action. And it was... It, Brought me back to my Power Ranger watching days as a <laughs> child. Um, Scream Six was fun for what it was. I mean, honestly, this year oh, I, thought,
0: I thought Scream Six was actually
1: like really
0: good. Like that might be my second favorite.
1: It's one of in the, the
0: franchise. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the
1: best sequels. It's actually it's insane to talk about how the sixth entry in a series and it could be really that good. Um, and you know me, I don't. Scream's not one of It's kind of in the middle.
0: He's a a scream hater. No, it's
1: in the middle of my horror franchise. It's one step above Child's Play for Miles. It is one step above Child. I I, Child's Play's fine. Um, But anyways, as we're sitting here on our letterboxes, live on this podcast, um, what are you? Is there anything you're looking forward to the rest of the year for horrors? Anything you know? The any you know? Just something that's really you've been waiting for
0: for the rest of the year. I'm trying to think what else is coming out. Scream 6 was the big one for me this year in like Stuff that's already came out was what I was looking forward to. I
1: think we're all looking forward to Evil Dead. I think that just the fact that a new Evil Dead film was coming out was kind of like... It's not one where you're like, oh, Scream 6, or, sorry, or Scream, there's already 6 of them out. Granted, yes, there are the 3 and there's a remake, but it the space between those, the 40 years of of that franchise. I mean, you're not getting one like we got scream five a year and a half before it and scream six, not even a full year and a half, to be honest. So it's like it'd been a decade since the last evil dead film, uh, which I rewatched 2013, the uh, unrated version before I went and watched evil dead rise and God, that film aged well. I'd recommend watching the unrated version, just having those couple little story details. They cut out, really flesh the film out better but um i know we're getting off on a tangent here i i will say for the rest of the year i'm very much looking forward to seeing what david gordon green's gonna do with his exorcist sequel because that's supposed to come out in the october season oh you know what you know know what i'm looking forward to i
0: forgot okay so salem's lot comes out this year finally that was gonna be my next talking point i totally forgot about it um very excited for that um we were talking about this a a little bit before we started recording but i think we both plan on seeing like boogeyman in within the next week yeah so i'm looking forward to watching that finally um i don't know there's i mean this year has been a relatively good year in general for films not just horror films films like yeah, I agree. saw I saw the Mario Brothers movie I thought that was phenomenal I'm going to see it I haven't seen it yet um but. but yeah this year in general just the stuff that I've seen except for like a few like stinkers um it's it's been actually a pretty good year for me for film
1: I feel again fun this year I'm not I haven't seen a lot of stuff that you're like wow like I'm you know what I mean like in in regards to like I'm absolutely blown away that's going to be this and that but I've had f- so much fun going to the theater and I think after these last few years with the pandemic and everything that's gone on and so much going on in the world, um, a lot of turmoil, a lot of other things like that, that to be able to use entertainment for what it's for. But also, stuff that I say is fun. Like, it it wasn't complete dumb fun. You know, there might have been some, su- like, some intentional camp and humor and, and trash. But, I mean, it was, it was kind of like, giving you the old wink and nod you know what i mean i knew yeah. what it was it was well made uh i hope the rest of the year i mean even, even the tentpole that's some of the big stuff we talked about the new spider-man animated film uh i think it's just gonna be a, a really fun year to go to cinemas and i'm looking forward to hopefully seeing some hidden gems you know i mean some stuff that uh is not on my radar yet. That's just gonna blow me away later in the year. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk about that when we get to October with some of your stuff.
0: Oh, well, I hope so. Yeah, there's a lot of shit coming out. Like, I mean, like stuff that I'm only like vaguely excited for. Like, the new Insidious is coming out this year.
1: That trailer looked looked good, though. Did you watch the trailer? I have for that? not seen the, the trailer. The trailer actually shocked me. I, I was I'm pretty into it based on that trailer.
0: Um, and like hinting at like some stuff we're gonna be like talking about later, like insidious is a franchise that's been very hit or miss for me over the years but it's stuff that i want to revisit um just similar to some of the things we're going to be talking about a little bit later on in this episode so kind of a little bit of a spoiler for our main topic which you've probably read the title already so you know what we're going to be talking about in this episode but we haven't introduced it yet so far canonically um and miles actually came up with the idea for this one so i'll let him kind of take the reins on introducing the uh topic for this maybe a little like mini series we'll be doing um, because obviously once we introduce what this is there's gonna have to be a follow-up um so i'll just let you kind of
1: have at it usually with me there's always a yin and yang a two, you know a side to each coin where i like to do a best and worst i think they're good talking points i think uh sitting down and talking i really appreciate when we get together and do this uh because sometimes i'm like oh i'm gonna revisit this based on that i mean the fact they're doing these podcasts another thing we've been doing these podcasts together now for almost four years on and off which is which is pretty i think that's pretty crazy because uh i know this is the first episode of kind of getting working towards the halloween season uh which will be here before we know it but We've done a few franchises, and uh, I'm not saying we have to say what we're doing this year, but we are going to be doing our fourth franchise together.
0: We have had some requests to do franchises, so I'm just throwing it out there. Everyone that wants us to do Scream, there's inevitably going to be more Scream movies, so I'd rather hold off on that until it's done. Um, But the one we are doing... Um, do you want to do you want to say it in the first? We, I don't th- I think we hold off on hold it, off. Okay, all but right. But it may or may not be done. I'm actually not sure what they're doing with the franchise. As far as I'm concerned, the main like canonical thing has been done, and now they've just been doing kind of like spinoffs and prequels and stuff. Right, so right. If you could piece together what I'm talking about, um, it was a huge franchise during its day. So. If you want to do your research you can probably figure out what we're talking about but
1: i i i will say one or two quick lines hopefully i won't spoil it but this is one that i have wanted to do for a while because some of these i have not seen probably since around when they came out and i've probably only watched most of them two times so I'm very curious and I actually rewatched a couple of them last year and I was kind of shocked and w- one of them that I would have put in high regard kind of I I think there's going to be a lot of uh this is going to be one I might watch multiple of these films multiple times before we do this podcast because I'm very curious it's it's a lengthy it's a lengthy uh series, right? If I can say that. That's all I'll say You know,
0: I've tried so hard and I've got so far <laughs> <laughs> Is that the lyric or whatever? <laughs> I've tried I've tried to rewatch this franchise a few times. I've only made it to the first few and I'm like, okay, these are getting real bad real quick. <laughs> but
1: I will say I listened to a couple podcasts earlier this year that talked about this franchise and I was kinda shocked that their opinions were very similar to mine, which I know sometimes we, you know, everyone likes to think my opinions are extreme but anyways we won't we'll talk about that more when we get there but i'm excited to get there in the upcoming months uh now eh, we're off we're already off on a tangent but i will i guess introduce something that i brought me and buddy a little behind the scenes i always kind of behind the screams behind the screams oh okay i like that there we go we got it we got to keep it on brand uh I like to like randomly send buddy things like, hey, I got a, yeah, maybe like three to five ideas. Like, what do you think of this?
0: He likes to do elevator pitches all the time for
1: the podcast. <laughs> and then we end up doing it, you know, we might do the podcast six months later or whatever. But um, one that I've noticed, as I'm spoiling what I, it doesn't matter, buddy can see. I do have it uh, on notepad in front of me. And you know, I like to keep it as old school as possible. I like to pretend it's 1983 at all times. Um, I I've noticed in the past like probably 5 to 10 years I've been rewatching things more as in regards to, like I used to watch things maybe two or three times and then and that's being generous on some films and just not get back to them unless it's like a random on TV watch or some it's on at somebody's house or yada yada but I've noticed within you know past 5 to 10 years I'm starting to almost have annual to semi-annual rewatches of maybe, like, I don't know, maybe a couple dozen films, and been fortunate to see some things in theaters. We do have the Art Institute Theater here that kind of does a little bit of stuff with horror. We have a couple, like, Cinema Wasteland that will show some stuff. We've had some other odds and ends over the past ten years with, like, horror. Cleveland's done a really good job with kind of catering to that. It's probably one of the reasons I stay. (laughs) Uh, But, so some of these I've seen in theaters and it kind of changed my my opinion on it too. But the topic and the following topic will be three films. We're going to just do three to kind of keep it brief so we're not getting... You know, I'm not going to have ten and have a four-hour fucking podcast or something. Uh, we'll save the four-hour shit for the, for the franchise stuff. But three films that when I initially watched them, or we initially watched them, I should say... uh we, maybe we liked them, we enjoyed them, but then we watched them again, maybe we we're a little bit older, maybe we watched them again even closer to the age we are now, or, or present day, and you can just appreciate more and how much, like, these have grown with us and how maybe you didn't think this would be one of your favorite films when you first watched it, and over the years, it really has become, you know, up there, and it's almost like a comfort. For me, the three that I picked have almost become like a comfort food over the years, and I didn't expect that. So...
0: I'm going to be cheating a little bit with my list, and we'll get into it a little bit. But I guess, like, for mine, because um, we just decided, we, we finalized doing this, like, maybe a couple seconds before we started recording. So, my list. <laughs> I love how you give it all so, so, my list isn't completely set in stone. So, mine is more so stuff that maybe I didn't like upon my first viewing, or, like, I thought it was just fine. But over the years, some of them I have rewatched. Some of them I even haven't. But the more I like think about it, it's like, oh, I actually that wasn't as bad as I thought it was, or I like this more yeah. than I did on my initial rewatch for one version, uh, one reason or another. Before we dive into it, we, I have one more tangent. I can't believe we didn't bring this up at the beginning, but we are two time horror. Qu- what is it trivia, Tri- trivia, trivia champions champions
1: yeah right now we are actually the current horror trivia champions of, of cleveland. cleveland ohio uh fight us if you want if you if you want to uh, come at us july 16th uh, if, you, if you want to
0: challenge us for the belts at no class no class sunday
1: brunch uh night oh, they, i think they're still calling it night of the oh, brunch of the trivial dead maybe um What's his name? Cousin Bobby, right? Cousin Bobby. Cousin Bobby's been doing it. Uh, We've been to two. We won both times. we smacked the floor both times. We smacked the floor, uh, which was surprising because the first time especially, there was quite a few teams. Uh, And there were teams of people like between four and six people, and it's just been us with one of our significant others each time. So, I mean, but the thing is, you, it's always good to have a third mind because they always come in with one or two questions. Or they maybe or maybe they just give you enough of a like quick discussion that it hits that spark in your mind and we're good to go. It has
0: happened both times with both of those significant others on yes, various different things. So.
1: Yes. Um so yeah, that's been that is it. That is a that is a great thing to bring up actually. So yeah, we can pat ourselves on the back. But I would love to see Shit, I'd love to see even some of your students if they think they know. Show up. We'll fucking, we'll take them down. <laughs> uh, bring their parents, too. We'll take them down. Don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, anyways, you have any other tangents real quick? Are I have no other, no other tangents No, right. we'll, save some, we'll save some tangents uh, I'm, for I'm, another podcast. I'm sure
0: something will come up during the discussion that's a tangent. Uh,
1: we're, we're, we're likely going to go slightly off topic, but, I mean, we'll be all right. It's usually what we do.
0: Listen, I say this all the time. People come to Buddy's House of Horror for Buddy. I'm the host. I'm the draw. You can get all your horror podcasts all over. You're watching this for me and Miles. So
1: Hey, hey, thanks for putting me in there. I, I like being the sidekick, you know? Uh, anyways... Do you want? We talked about this, but do you, we, we
0: can do it either way. I have a I have a list of stuff.
1: Do you? What do you prefer? As you just said, they come for you. Do you want to do one of us does our three, or do you want to go back and forth?
0: Let's go back and forth, that, just to kind of
1: classic buddy's house of horrors. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic run through. All right. Do you want to go first? I think I
0: think you go first. Me you go first. So then that way, if I want to change my answer, like like you said, the conversation might kind of spark, spark spark some something. memories. Yeah, because at Miles, Miles said he came with a notepad.
1: I just quickly scrolled through my letterbox during the introduction to this podcast. Just just a couple things. I I you know I, actually this year, this will be a mini tangent, but it fits in. I've been listening to finally a lot more podcasts. I feel like the bug finally bit me. Where I found, I guess, some, like, of, like, the right podcasts where, like, I feel like it's, like, a feeling out. Like, you have to find something where you're, like, oh, I gravitate towards this. Yeah. You know I mean? The right host, the right group of people. I mean, uh, and I've been finding more and more. So, I listen to them, and they talk about their preparation and all this stuff, and I'm, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, we've done preparation in the past. I mean, I think... I think our fry, or our, when we uh, do nightmare the, when on we, Elm Street. When we do
0: the big series, we always have Our, our
1: nightmare on Elm Street was, was good. I really, I went back. I know it's bad, and it's like listening to your own band. You're not supposed to do it, but I listened to our, our our series rankings, and I was like, you know what? I thought I did way fucking worse on that. But anyways, again, tangent over. But I'm gonna try to keep how many ever episodes I'm on this year with you. I'm gonna try to do a little research and try to sound like maybe I know a fucking thing or two. Uh, benefit of of being sober and needing to fucking fill my mind with stuff. But anyways, so my first film is one that probably I don't know. Of the three, I think I liked it maybe maybe the most on initial watch in regards compared to the other two, you know what I mean? Like I, I did enjoy it, but I've watched it multiple times now definitely within the past decade I didn't see it until I was probably around 20 years old because it wasn't we were at the right time where DVD and Blu-ray hadn't really caught up to like VHS releases and stuff yet so there was a strange probably 10 years, 15 years between I would say maybe 96 to honestly almost 2010 where there was some stuff that was just fucking hard to find pre-streaming, stuff like this. So I picked Night of the Demons from 1988. I think it's one of the last, I'll use the word great. Great for me, um, films of the 80s. Uh, I think 88 had a bunch of gems, kind of 89. A lot of things all kind of fell apart. I mean, it it was almost like a lot of filmmakers were out of ideas. The MPAA had come and just slashed everything to pieces. I think the 80s was losing... Starting to lose its identity now. Granted, I was one years old, one year old in in nineteen eighty nine, but uh, I've watched a lot of stuff from the year nineteen eighty nine, and it just seems like they've kind of lost everything that made the eighties great up until that point. And then obviously, you know, we went in, and we've talked about in this podcast numerous times the nineties horror and how the first few years of the nineties was was pretty bad overall. Like <laughs> yeah. as far as far as there were some great gems, but I mean, shit. There might have been only like ten a year. Or so. I mean, it just wasn't where in like let's say nineteen eighty-five. If you probably looked and then went even further into like straight to video stuff, I mean, you probably had a hundred fucking great films like, or like entertaining films that came yeah. out that year. Um, but night. Have you seen Night of the Demons? I guess I should. Ask. I've
0: seen it. It's been very. It's been a very long time since mm-hmm. I've seen Night of the Demons.
1: Okay. Um so the whole premise of Night of the Demons kids are getting together for a party which in the 80s I mean we can always we, I think I think we speak for both of us we, anytime there's like some sort of party gone wrong film it's gonna be a it's probably gonna be a good time yeah right Yes. obviously so a few different groups of kids you know it kind of hits all the I hate to use the word stereotypes but stereotypes across the board um, get together at this old abandoned uh I guess it's a mortuary, if I'm remembering right. I don't, you know, I'm going to be a little fuzzy with the details, Internet, so don't castrate me too bad on that. But they're getting together. They're going to have a party. It's way off the beaten path. Um, It's on this kind of, like, cursed land. There's, like, a a wall built up all the way around the place. So once things kind of go haywire, it's kind of a nice haunted house film basically at its core but like you can't get out you can't escape the property you can get out into like the courtyard of the property but they can't seem to escape this overall haunting of like the whole the whole area um the thing I've noticed over the years is just I think it hits all of my sensibilities personally just more and more I mean great music throughout tons of like rock all this stuff it's got the sex the violence insane practical effects some great on-camera practical effects probably one it's most known for is the lipstick going into the nipple yeah which if you haven't seen it i mean lipstick going into a nipple i feel like come on that's got to pique your interest uh i guess i would say as we were talking about evil dead i feel like if you're a fan of the evil dead wouldn't you say that this is yeah probably it's, it's, right, it's, it's,
0: it's right up your alley right up your alley the only thing about night of the demons like when you're like looking at it on list, like the the biggest problem like i see like looking back is just like it's a generic name and like there's a yeah. lot of stuff that's called night of the demons or night of the demons yeah and it's just like it kind of gets like lost in the shovel it's definitely like a hidden gem like i know a lot of like horror fans like know about it but it's definitely not something that like your casual person is gonna have seen it i guess
1: i know that there was a nice blu-ray release a handful of years ago so at least it's back on video i think the first time i watched it was of course i've talked to us on a couple other ones but thank god for fearnet and it's streaming of a handful of films a week thank god on my laptop computer i was able to get stuff like night of the demons night of the creeps uh i think even my Blade valentine for the first time I and mean, stuff that like now it's like oh we have this mega special edition with behind the scenes and all this but it yeah. really this shit really was gone we you know we grew up especially me being a few years older grew up at a time where Technology and everything was changing. Uh, physical media was starting to fail for the first time, but streaming and stuff wasn't up there yet. So it was kind of like, it was just a weird time when I really think back on it and trying to get some of these things you could now read about online, but you couldn't find them. You know, I yeah. mean, or or if you did, you know, once YouTube started, It would be the worst... You couldn't even watch it, essentially. And it's not like now where you could cast YouTube to your TV. I mean, you're watching a shitty version on a a small computer, and it's just... It's more frustrating than actually trying to watch watch the film, so... Um, But, I mean, notes on it. I mean, I think... Great, just a great haunted house film, which I feel like in the 80s now at this point, obviously comedy's being, you know, put more into horror and stuff like that. This is comedic, but I feel like there weren't, to my knowledge, in the late 80s, uh, hopefully this is why we do this, hopefully maybe you can correct me, I'm trying to think of like really any like haunted house, house maybe, to an extent?
0: Um, I mean, there was like spookies and shit like that. Oh yeah, okay. Um, which I actually watched recently and like i didn't realize it was like two films put together like yeah, they like yeah. ran out of money or something yeah. and they just were kind of like piecing shit together um i kind of think it was like underrated like you i mean it's not that great or anything but people have ripped it to part um i need to
1: rewatch that actually i'll put that on the, that's a good thing see that's why we do this but anyways yeah.
0: um yeah the haunted house i mean you obviously had your like cabin in the woods shit i mean like you had evil dead 2 around that time and Stuff but, like that, but
1: but you know what I'm saying more of like a haunted mansion or a haunted yeah, like yeah. it's not because the one thing with this film that I also enjoy that it does is it feels the set pieces and the house feel big actually, like there's a ton of locations within yeah. the house towards the end of the film. They're using uh, walkways, balconies, they use the roof, they use like, a, like I said, almost like the garden area outside. I mean. Mm-hmm. They're moving around a lot. Another note that I put is, to add on to that, you're never bored in this film, which is excellent. It's paced, in my opinion. There's always something happening. You know what I mean? There's always something happening from the beginning, where they're getting to the party. There's some comedic, like moments where they're in the store and the girls are stealing stealing stuff. There's the car ride and they're all you know fucking with each other and doing that. Uh, like it never it doesn't take long to get into what it really is, and then it never slows down after that.
0: Yeah. Like I said, like, I did enjoy the film when I watched it. I do feel like it gets, like, overshadowed by, like, a lot of stuff that was going on. Because, like, it's a horror comedy. Like, it's not as funny as Return to the Living Dead and, like, stuff like that. Like, I think it's, like, kind of like a lesser tier kind of horror comedy in that regard. Um, but it's definitely one that I want to rewatch as well. So
1: It's hard because it's very... Like, with Turn of the Living Dead, it's horror comedy, but, I mean, a lot of it's straight-up comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, like, the, the visuals are horror. Where this, there are some kind of tense scenes or, like, unsettling visuals, otherworldly visuals. Like, the demons in this look fucking evil. Like, yeah. I mean, they look Angela when she's fully transformed. I mean pretty fucking evil looking but then you, see, you
0: see her on the cover like with a fucking like grape on whatever the hell it is. Like, yeah. You're yeah, like, this yeah, is it, goofy. But yeah, like, it's, yeah.
1: it's, I think too, as they were getting to the late 80s, the marketing for some of this stuff was all over the fucking place. I mean, it's not, I think that, I think the problem is too, the quality of the stuff that was coming out in the late 80s, I think it's another thing too. Like, I yeah. think a lot of people were just almost over horror, like oversaturated. Yeah. But, I mean besides that it kind of like I said the makeup effects fucking kill it. Um, but yeah, I mean honestly I th- I believe last time I checked it's on Peacock.
0: It probably is, yeah.
1: Actually, so which There's I thought a lot was of universal
0: great. shit or like shit universal bots on there, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean I honestly again, shout out to Peacock, you can sponsor us, but Peacock has a ton of great old horror i mean i hate to say that the 80s are old but i mean 30 some years ago i mean yeah we're starting to get there uh but that's what i got for my first one what do you think any final thoughts or anything like that no
0: final thoughts on that one mine's the first one i'll say for my list is around that time period ish and as i said it's my show so i'm cheating a little bit (laughs) um i'm gonna include a trilogy Okay, all right, that's fine. As one entry. Okay, I like um, that. A trilogy of films, encased in a franchise of films, and all I, the three of these I've rewatched in the past year, they're a lot better than I remember. A film franchise that has grown on me, is the Thorn trilogy. Okay. I rewatched famously i ranked halloween 5 as the lowest halloween
1: film oh i have something in my notes um i i pulled up my he pulled up his notes i i'm pulling out my notes i uh i listened back to those podcasts and i purposely sat and wrote down my list from those podcasts i didn't get to nightmare on elm street yet but i also where did i put halloween 5 i put halloween 5 at number 7 of 10 i remind you a little flashback we didn't include Season of the Witch. I fucking love Season of the Witch, but Buddy wanted just the Michael Myers ones. I get it. That's fine. So that's why it would be, that's why it's a seven. It would be at eight. It might even be if I rewatched it. I don't know. I need to rewatch. It. Anyways, I cut you off. Go ahead. Continue. But I do no, have this. Like, Thorn
0: Trilogy is underrated. It's grown on me a lot over the years. I mean, I always liked Four, but I didn't really realize until after rewatching it how much I love Four. Um, just right from the opening scene, like, it just sets the tone perfectly. Of course, this is bringing it back, um, sort of to the original formula. I mean, obviously, three took a bit of a departure. Um, but just the whole trilogy for me, I thought was way better than it was when I was watching it as a kid, because even then, I knew it was not God-tier cinema or anything, but, I mean, and maybe it's part of the hindsight is 2020 thing because i rewatched all of these after i watched halloween ends um which i famously was not
1: a fan of i'm famously a huge fan of now but uh but that's another we can go into that new another time but continue did we ever talk oh yeah we had you on for it we, we talked had,
0: we, we talked about halloween ends but it came we out. we had yeah, it yeah,
1: yeah. with uh with dynamite with, yeah. and jared but i mean he pretty much screamed over me at <laughs> That was, uh, I had a little bit of a burnout on podcasting last year, and I really, uh, last year was a rough year overall for me, and when I wasn't getting any enjoyment from doing that, that was kind of the one where I kind of was like, ah, I don't know about this. I kind of like gave up. I couldn't do the, uh, I understood. I felt bad for both of you guys, but I love it. I'm glad, thankfully, I've listened to some other podcasts, people that love it, but anyways... I digress. We don't need to... We don't need to go into Halloween Ends in the middle of this, because we'll never, we'll never get... We'll, this we'll will never be, come out the other we'll, side. Yeah, we'll be fucked. We'll lose every listener you've ever had. But anyways, continue.
0: I haven't rewatched the producer's cut yet. Okay. Um, I re re-watched the theatrical. Um, so I am looking forward to rewatching the producer's cut. I've never seen it in high definition. I've only watched, like, the shitty bootlegs. So I'm curious to see how that goes. But as far as 4, 5, and 6, the original ones... I thought they were pretty good. I mean, I do still have some of the gripes that I have with five. Like, I don't think they're truly as faithful to the characters as they should be. And the mask is pretty horrendous in it. Um, But overall, like, I was never bored during any of them. Um, I think they have a lot more creative ideas than I gave them credit for. Uh, Maybe unintentionally or not. Like, I don't know. Because, I mean, in part five, they didn't know who... The Man in Black was And stuff like that So a lot of it's like Unintentional But I, go
1: ahead I think Cause I listen to I've been listening to Halloweenies podcast I've tried to get you a little, But anyways I've listened to all their rankings And their stories and stuff And I believe When they started Halloween 5 The script wasn't finished Was the big thing Which is ridiculous But they started filming it yeah. So I think they didn't even Have an ending When they started So I feel like Halloween 5 was probably a pretty hard shoot, I'm ag- I'm I imagine, I'd am imagine. Yeah. So some of those creative ideas might have been, like, at the midnight hour throwing whatever they could against the wall to try to get something that I guess would be accepted and, and finish it, you know. But the 80s did that, though. The 80s, I mean, that came out, what, that was 89, wasn't it? I, it as was much as I was close, just yeah. shitting on 89. Yeah. But... Again, well, Halloween 5, listening to the podcast earlier and now you talking about this, I definitely, like, especially for some reason 5, I need to go back and rewatch that again for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, like, the only thing I really don't like about it is the ending, and, like, there are some, like, parts that are a little iffy. Like, you can tell it's disjointed for sure. Not mm. as disjointed as 6 can get. That must have been a hell of a shoot. Right. Um, But... Regardless like I don't know if it's the nostalgia factor or just having like better hindsight. Um, but it's definitely a film franchise that has been growing on me the past few years, so it's definitely something I've changed my opinion on, so
1: Yeah, I'd like to uh I did go back earlier this year. I'm ranking everything I watched this year on on Letterboxd for the first time. A lot of times I don't rank rewatches or I hadn't in the past. Yeah. I'm ranking everything I've seen, so Paramount Plus has all the Miramax ones, which are actually like Curse, H uh, two O, Resurrection. Yeah. So I watched H two O. I watched God. I watched Resurrection, and I I fell asleep watching uh, Curse, which I want to go back and finish that. But I I famously like, Curse is one of my favorites. So I mean I think everyone knows how I feel about that. Um. I don't, God, Resurrection was fucking even worse than like <laughs> it's it's weird, it's weird because Resurrection did some things way better than I remember it doing, and did other things way worse than I remember it doing. I mean, it's a, it's weird because, I like some of the Michael Myers parts in the film. But God, everything else surrounding it, any other human characters, and any of the stuff is just so fucking bad. <laughs> like talking about a disjointed film, it, like you watch one scene, and it's like Michael Myers like stalking around the house. It's like actually like the lighting's like like the mood's right, everything's good, and then it's someone being like, "Hey, baby, what time do those legs open?" Like are they, like yeah, two yeah. seconds later. So it's like it's really, it's rough. Like it's rough. <laughs> How long has it been since you watched that one?
0: resurrection yeah uh a long time
1: it a long needs, time
0: you, early college i'd say so probably like 10 years you should least, go yeah. back
1: you should go back and rewatch that i still i again i tried to i try I to enjoy h2o more all the time we've talked about this i mean everyone you know still the consensus is the h2o is a top three halloween film it's not it's consensus. it's it's well, it, it used to be more and more. Now that now that there's been more films, a little more time passed. But I'll God. throw in,
0: I'll throw in an honorable mention. I before we watched Halloween ends, I rewatched 2018 and Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is way better than I remember it on the first watch. I've the uh, second watch, I was like, all right, this goes in.
1: <laughs> I've watched that whole trilogy multiple times now. As As disjointed almost as each film is, kind of looking back, almost how I feel with the new Star Wars trilogy, I appreciate each film for what it was. Almost like if you look – like we talked about kinda on the other podcast, how I feel like almost that – like if you put all those ideas on paper – and maybe flipped around some of the plot points and changed certain things. I think you could have a masterpiece of a trilogy. If listen, you did some listen. Things. If
0: you would have put that Corey character in the first part or whatever, or even
1: kill beginning of kills and or, built his character up to like literally fun.
0: like anything like I don't know. I I'm, we're, I'm not gonna talk about Halloween ends on this, but yeah. like did not like it either. Either way, you got all right. So that was mine. You got your second one.
1: I do. I, yeah. I'm glad we got off on a Halloween tangent. I appreciate it. Uh, my number two is one that initially, again, still really enjoyed, but I saw it a little bit after some of its contemporaries, and I also just, I I can't really remember the first time I saw it, I just know it was later. And I've been fortunate enough to own the Blu-ray now, I was fortunate enough to see it in theaters with one other very sweet old man, uh, that was the only other person in the theater, unfortunately, um, and just have some other rewatches. I've actually shown this to a couple people for the first time. So this has really been something that I've almost like, really when I talked about the semi-annual and when I even talked about doing this podcast, this was the first film that came to mind. And that is Joe Dante's The Howling. Okay. So that just
0: came out on Shutter like 2 days ago. Like well, what's what's today? The 5th. So June 1st, Howling was on Shutter and I was like, shit, dude, I should rewatch this. You sh- I I, f- I haven't seen that one since cuz I was in the dorm. So sophomore year of college was the last time I've seen that, so it's been 12 years, 11 years wow. since I've seen that. It's been a while. So, so I like I like the Howling.
1: The Howling Uh, infamously and unfortunately came out right after American Werewolf in London and there was competition between the two films famously between the two special effects artists that worked on it, uh, Rick Baker and Rob Bottin who was a protege of Rick Baker it actually cost them their friendship their working relationship so kind of interesting behind the scenes especially because Rick Baker was initially supposed to work on the Howling, but got out of somehow. I don't know the exact story. Again, got out of his contract. Wanted to work with John Landis, who already was. I mean, Joe Dante had done some films and was starting to build a name, but he wasn't on the level of uh John Landis yet, and everything not that yet. he had done. Not yet. He'd
0: get there, but not yet. He did
1: that. He and honestly, probably now with more modern audiences probably well, more people have seen more joe dante films well, than well landis seen is landis. Bo-
0: landis is borderline canceled now so yeah yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah oh yeah that's yeah i guess that's true anyways we're not gonna go down <laughs> that rabbit hole either uh but i'm still i i'm gonna love american world from london until i die i'm sorry it's just i mean it's part of my it's in my top 10 forever but Saw American Werewolf in London at a very young age. I talked about it on the first podcast we ever did together, way back on, like we talked about it almost four years ago. Seeing, uh, owning that and Night of Living Dead in the same day—I mean, that kind of like those were two that continued, like kind of just set my interest in horror ablaze, and I was I was ready to go. But saw the Howling, read about the the, the issues I just talked about before I ever saw it, so I kind of knew a little bit. New is was a big practical effects film and obviously I'd seen some trailers and stuff so I was excited but I think when I saw it I, it was hard because I was comparing American Werewolf in my head a little bit you know knowing yeah, everything yeah. I mean just being too tied to it and then I went back rewatched it and I'm like man this, is, man this is really like more memorable than I remember the first time and then I think a f- couple years ago Really see in theaters again, where you know, my big thing, and I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the podcast before is I love being in a the theater because your friends aren't talking, you're you, no one should be talking, your phone's off, you're just canceled out the rest of the world, you're focused on what's in front of you. And watching the howling in a theater, um, I walked out and I'm like, fuck, that was a masterpiece. I know we like to throw that term around sometimes, but I mean, just. The for the most part different werewolf story the fact that there are multiple werewolves in it which obviously or a little bit of spoil. I mean if you're listening there's going to be some spoilers we always say that but you should know that multiple werewolves um I mean just kind of like a weird unnatural supernatural element towards the whole back half of the film um it's a big horror fans film. There's a lot of little cameos from horror icons in it. Um, it. There's a lot of researching werewolves. They actually, one of the the guy, one of the people that works at the news station starts to research about lycanthropes and everything about that. Yeah. Uh, which I think is great. You know what I mean? Like, I know that that's a bit that gets used to death in modern horror films, but the problem is with the editing of modern horror films, they show you all that in a 90 second clip. You know, they're researching online, classic researching on the internet. No, this guy's going to obscure bookstores and doing stuff. He's reading texts and tomes and buying things. Goes back and buys silver bullets. And like, so like, there's all these like great funny scenes of him doing all this. Um, Incredible practical effects. I mean, the more I've watched this, It's a different kind of werewolf than the werewolf in American Werewolf in London, but if you had asked me this ten years ago, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree. But I would put the practical effects on par with American Werewolf in London, especially because honestly, there is more. I'm gonna say at least it feels this way. There's more on screen time with the werewolves and the howling than there is in American Werewolf in London. Even though I feel like the werewolves are shown enough in American Werewolf in London, but uh, kind of, kind of, it—it's hard because there are other, like, let's say that the there's movie, other monsters, there's, there's other monsters, there's other big effects, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, anyways, so let's talk about your how you feel about the a little bit. I mean, before I so go again, and...
0: I haven't seen it in like twelve, thirteen years, but it is one like as I just said, it just popped up on Shutter. Um, it's one that I've, like, it's ironic that you said that, because it was one I was like, oh, I should rewatch that. Because the series, like, I've seen, not all of them, but I've seen, like, random ones. Like, I've seen one, three, four, and seven. That's the one we just watched, the Bad Moon Rising or whatever. Is that seven?
1: Wait. It It is seven. That's the one where it wasn't even a howling film. They just kind of tagged parts in, and it was almost like a weird... Australian town drama and then I just like put some werewolf parts in but uh, the Howling series is probably one of the oddest franchises (laughs) like honestly of anything that's like I would say the Howling series is it's weird because they had a a bunch of like used to go to FYE you could find any like they used to have like copies and copies of Howling 3 randomly and like Howling 4 or, like, four packs of some of those. But I feel like you never really meet anyone that's watched all of them or talks about any of them yeah. for the most part. It's weird. It, it, they're so disconnected. Like, honestly, you could rename all of them and not put them in a Howling franchise, Right, you like, there's
0: no, like, real characters that are... So, they actually put... Ha- they must have put a bunch of werewolf shit on this month. Yeah, because they just added Ginger Snaps 1 and 2... American Werewolf in London, Howling... Great,
1: we're all great. Howling
0: 2 as well. Howling 2 is very good. See, I haven't seen it. That's you one that's that's one yeah. that's
1: eluded me. You should see, too. Me and Jared, Dynamite Jared, watched that together uh, years ago for the first time. Um, both of our first times. We both both were big fans of that. Um, do a good double feature. Do one, 1 and 2. I mean, 1 and 2, you know, I know we always... A lot of franchises say the first couple are the best, but in this in this regard, I think the best ones are Howling One Two and then Freaks, which is six. Freaks, when I watched it, I was blown away how good it was. But it's another very different
0: yeah. story,
1: you know, which I, I think that that helps. But um... so you think you're gonna re-watch, you're gonna re-watch Howling, huh? I, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend rewatching it if you can. Yeah, I might rewatch it soon. Um... I feel like uh, another one, I'm going to talk probably about pacing and stuff like this, but another one, like once it starts, to me, I'm never once bored. I mean, it just kind of keeps yeah. up, keeps up everything. It does a really good job pacing. It lets scenes breathe just enough to get the story across and like live in the film, but not to the extent where American Werewolf in London's is again i've set up for top 10 of all time of ever of everything i appreciate how long it lets scenes go because it does Mm. i mean you really they're walking out in the middle of nowhere for an extended period of time they're in the bar for an like you really live in the moment and there's almost like a slow underlying tension especially throughout the first 20 minutes but i often wonder how modern audiences would feel. If that would be one that modern audiences would pick up on more, I feel like if I show, let's say, a 16-year-old kid American Werewolf in London and then the howling, I feel like the way that the story's paced, how odd the story is and everything, I feel like they might gravitate more towards the howling in modern times.
0: depends what they're looking for. Like, if they're looking for more, like, straight-up horror, yeah. Because, I mean, like, to be honest, like, American Werewolf in London, it has those horror elements. But, again, it might be one where, like you're waiting for the werewolf to show up like it's like okay we're seeing his friend as like a zombie ghost and then all of a sudden the house is getting raided because he's having like these nightmares and like there's it's fucking like cartoon like dick tracy stuff where like yeah, yeah, shooting yeah. with the machine Like yeah. i feel like unless you're in a certain mindset and again i don't know like what gen z or like generation alpha now like what they're like looking for yeah in a film but they might feel that that's kind of like like we've said it a few times they might feel it's kind of like disjointed like even yeah. though it is like all cohesive, you're they might be sitting there like, Oh, I thought I was watching a werewolf movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, I, I agree. I don't know. I don't I don't really uh, i am f- I guess my coworker's daughter, she's really gotten into horror. I actually had an extra copy, Evil Dead twenty thirteen, I gave it to her. She actually showed up the other day, I was talking about she loves both terrifiers and stuff, and she's seen a lot. She actually came in. And was talking to me about horror, and I'm like, oh, cool. you know I mean? That's why I gave that to her, because I'm, like, trying to coach the next generation. You know what I mean? S-
0: side note, they just announced Terrifier 3. Yes. They're, like, quadrupling the budget. Yeah. And I'm, I would assume the runtime is going to be much longer, too. So I don't know what to expect
1: from the runtime, but effects-wise, like, I'm beyond it's, stoked. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> – I don't even – I kind of – I don't even understand truthfully – and it's how much the times have changed, even within the past decade. I know I've told the story on this podcast about how Hatchet 2 was supposed to be the first unrated film in theaters at like a wide release since, I think, Day of the Dead, if I'm remembering right. And how it got ripped from theaters and I was going to go see it after being in theaters for two days. Somehow Terrifier 2 Is wildly was theaters, embraced, was by was wildly I- embraced. <laughs> It was in theaters for nearly Three weeks and it had some of those Fucking crazy gore scenes That I've ever seen in the world So I'm wondering How far they're going to push the envelope And how, like I hope it's not One that's going to get severely Cut now that the popularity Has hit like another level we'll see I'm very Curious to see what happens With it you know yeah um but anyways, uh that made me think about that if I were to show her American World from London or The Howling, what what someone would gravitate. I think it's like an interesting conversation as you think about the legacy of horror, the legacy of things and like they aren't growing up with T V channels playing stuff from the from like 10 or 15 years ago. And then 10, 15 years ago for us would have been maybe, you know, the mid to early 80s or things right, like yeah. that. Now, you know, with everything with streaming and stuff like that, you can just bypass all that. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe they maybe their parents have Shudder, but Shudder has a bunch of new releases all the time. Yeah. Maybe they see The Howling, they just keep scrolling by. They have no right, idea like, the legacy, like, no idea, yeah, yeah. like, what it is. I mean, um, I'm very curious to see... As we get older and maybe still go to some of these conventions or listen to some of these things, what people are really talking about or what's going to stand the test of time, you know? Yeah.
0: All what? right. So moving on to my second one, I guess. Yeah. Um, this is one that I've seen... I think this, the last time I rewatched it, I think it was my third time seeing it. Um, first time I watched it, I think I was too young... Like I thought it was boring, I couldn't get into it. Second time I watched it was midway through college and it just wasn't the right environment to be watching a film like this because when you're watching like a bu- a film with like a bunch of your buddies and stuff and like as you said people are talking or whatever. And you kind of want a film you can like laugh at and like party to and this wasn't like a film that was like that. But finally watching it as an adult by myself um a film that really lived up to the hype that it has gained over the past 50 years um, I thought Wicker Man was a masterpiece
1: Wicker Man's very good yeah I um, agree.
0: and it sort of falls into a genre of film that has been sort of like a guilty pleasure of mine over the past few years um, that I've really been getting into is like weird like not like necessarily super low budget but like mid to low budget 70s films um like one of my favorite films of all time one that you still need to see the night stalker absolute masterpiece um gave me a lot of similar vibes to that um for those of you who haven't seen wicker man it's about an inspector who's going to this very strange town overseas um and he's trying to search for the disappearance of this missing girl of course no one in the town has heard of her before but her, like, mother's there is like, how does your child just go missing and you're not going to bat an eye at it? And just the way the whole mystery unfolds. And even if you know the ending and you know what's coming, um, it's about the journey, not the destination. Just phenomenal writing, phenomenal atmosphere. Acting is incredible. Um, and again, it's just a similar, like, vibe to films that I've really liked over the past few years. Like, even when I was over at your house and you were watching, like, a random, like biker movie from like the 60s and stuff you're like oh this isn't that great and I'm like watching it for a half hour like this is a masterpiece <laughs> Cause it's just like <laughs> just like a, it, a it, just something about that aesthetic has aesthetic, like really yes, been like yes coming at me these past few years versus like I'm really just like gravitating films that look and feel like this
1: I like again I uh that was She Devil on Wheels by the way for anyone that was curious what I was watching but um I did like she devil on wheels. I just think that, you know, classic, uh, marketing at the time, you know, I mean, it definitely has a little bit more hype than maybe is deserved, but the thing is, it's such an oddity that it's like, you have to appreciate, it's like something in, in me appreciates it for what it is because something like that nowadays, just, it would never feel or look the same. I mean, in that film, There were some very early practical effects that actually even shocked me at the end that they did that. I didn't think they were going to show a couple things. Um, But I'm with with you on the whole aesthetic from, you know, kind of like, I would say, the beginning of the hippie movement all the way, you know, throughout the 70s, before things obviously began to change in the early 80s a lot. Yeah. Um, But... No, I'm a big fan of stuff from that from that era, too. I think that's a lot of reason we talk. talked... You know, I talked about Cinema Wasteland here. I go to Cinema Wasteland because they will show a lot of, like... It'd be the perfect Cinema Wasteland stuff.
0: movie, yeah. I agree.
1: Like... I 100% agree. It's been... I have seen The Wicker Man, I believe, three times. But I believe it's probably been six or seven years since I've seen it last... That's one that you, so you said the first time you watched it so with for, people.
0: For, for, well, first time I watched it like as like not a kid, but like you know junior high, early high school era. So like then you're not gonna be really entertained by like basically a police procedural <laughs> right, like on this right, right. on this town. But like and then again in college, like we did like our Monster Madness thing where we would watch like a movie every day. But like we're basically like in a frat house, so like that's not really something. When I'm like, all right, we want to watch fucking um, like dead alive or whatever. Yeah, like it just yeah, doesn't yeah. like fit into the vibe of like what we were going for. Um, but just watching it like by myself, like I could totally get into it. Um, and maybe like part of it like makes it better because I have I've not seen the Nicolas Cage version. I'm sure I'm sure I saw that in theaters. Actually. Like I'm sure it's like very entertaining in a completely different way. Um, And then Midsummer, Which is basically like the modern equivalent To like a Wicker Man type story yeah. um, Which I also Was not the biggest fan of Um, So maybe it's just kind of Again the whole hindsight thing Like oh Wicker Man I guess it is actually pretty great But um, I don't know there was just something about it where I was like The first few times I saw it I didn't think it was that great But then finally seeing it like as an adult I was like okay this is actually like really good
1: I agree (laughs) No, I mean, I've seen it Again, I I watched it It's it's weird because I think the second time I watched it I also watched it with a couple people But they appreciate film But it was in like a really brightly lit room And I think I just think a little So I kind of get that where We all liked it And it was good But, you know, there was obviously some talking in there And it just wasn't Wasn't quite the right atmosphere But I have watched it alone I'd like to... That's definitely one that I've thought about. Obviously, with the whole kind of trend of folk horror a little bit, but I think also people trying to discover folk horror, I mean, stuff like yeah. that, putting that in there, that I've kind of wanted to go back and re-watch just because of, I don't know, it's not really a... Tr- trend trend but a little bit of you know a little bit of a trend or an interest i will say because of midsummer and things like that
0: yeah it's definitely a good like starter film for like folk horror yeah um i guess or like even horror that like like i said is more like a mystery like trying to figure out like i would definitely say watch wicker man before you watch something like the night stalker like i said but like um, even, like if you like Wicker Man You could dive even deeper and like watch like Eyes of Fire And like stuff like that Like all these like folk uh, And again shutters a great tool for stuff like well, that Well they have that but documentary
1: like, that was put out
0: That's like five hours long I still haven't started that's, it Yeah
1: I've wanted to watch that And that was on I'm surprised they actually put that on streaming Because I believe Severn Films Because they send me emails Like maybe two years ago said they were going to put out that documentary and then some of the films that were um, mentioned like how you just mentioned uh, on video on or on Blu-ray for the first time kind of surprised they kind of threw it up on streaming because they made a big deal about the pre-orders and the amount of copies and well, stuff well like I thought that. the
0: same thing too but then now all the In Search of Darkness movies are on Shudder too I did, yeah, I, like, did
1: see. I haven't watched all those either so. I've seen
0: the first two I haven't seen the third one yet um, but yeah, I mean, that's my pick for the second one. Not, like, as much to say about it. It's um, really good.
1: Solid. That's a good recommendation. I think
0: the 70s in general is just kind of, like, overlooked. I, um, I guess.
1: 1,000% agree. I've um, had an argument. I had an argument with your boy, Jared, about... I actually argue that the overall quality of the horror films and some of the horror-adjacent films in the 70s was better than the 80s. I'm talking about overall... Not because they're serious, but I think, like, the writing, maybe some of the directing, things like that, some things that are...
0: Well, in the 80s, you're in the era where anyone can make a horror movie, so, like, yeah. there's a, just a lot more stuff. So, like, really, like, if you're comparing it, like... It's a hard comparison. Like, yeah, it's, like, totally different, so...
1: But, but, but then I had to, you know, school and be like, well, Halloweens are your films. That came out in 1978, and then I, like, went, I started naming off some things... And he was like, I'm like, I mean, I don't know, what, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we all love shit like, uh, you know, Friday Thirteenth, you know, part whatever. But it's not in the same caliber as The Exorcist, as far as quality of film or something like that. I, I mean,
0: almost like catch myself in like a uh, when when you're like having this discussion, it's I always want to throw The Shining into seventies, even then. Then I remember it was 1980. Yeah. Well, I mean they shot it in the 70s obviously. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like
1: the Shining's that weird film is a weird film for me because it I never really gap, I like... never really think about like when it was released or when it, it's just like it's just the Shining. Like it's almost in its own little box. Like yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think about it like you know, like when Jaws came out or when The Exorcist came out or when Texas Chainsaw it's like it's like oh yeah, when where was The Shining in the middle of all? You know what I mean? Like it's 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 strange to me. That's just a little thing in my mind that I don't know. Uh, Also, huge Shining fan, by the way, but maybe that goes without saying. But good picks. I'm the very, you know, very good picks. I didn't know what to expect from you, but uh, I'm digging it so far. Um, Should I go to my number three? Yeah, take us home with your Uh, number three. Take us home, huh? Yeah. Well, okay, so this one I did not. (laughs) I'll do some classic Miles shit on this one, though. You'll get a good kick out of that. But this one I did not put any bullet points or do too much.
0: That's okay, man. I, I had
1: zero bullet points. I know, and you're fucking killing it, so there you go. Uh, I, I, I put Poltergeist, actually. Okay. Uh, Poltergeist was one that I feel like as a kid, pre-internet, when you're just getting into horror, there was, like, depending, I guess, on what you're exposed to, but there was a little bit of, like, I remember reading some stuff, or like hearing some stuff Or seeing it at the video store Like a little bit of hype around it um, Especially being Like cause I would read a lot And reading the backs of stuff And like knowing who Toby Hooper was that I, like. hey, I think Toby Hooper honestly was one of the first Directors I remembered like their name And yeah, knew who yeah. they were asso- right. What he was associated with As far as Texas Chainsaw and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 um, Which were two very early films That you know, I talked about in detail my my love for those uh on this podcast before, but uh wondering how him and Steven Spielberg could get along to or would get along to make a very different film than what Texas Chainsaw and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two are, obviously. It was
0: a weird sort of thing because it was more mainstream than what toby hooper was used to and it was more indie than what spielberg was doing yes like it was kind of like a return to form for spielberg because again i mean he had a start in horror with duel and jaws and stuff like yes. that but i mean at that point he's doing et indiana jones stuff like that so like this... close
1: encounters
0: so and... this like i feel like it was sort of like spielberg doing like okay i still got it <laughs> like in this regard like with yeah in terms of like an actual like horror audience, um, and Toby Hooper trying to make that next big step, I guess. I
1: I know? I know the big thing. It's a weird film because I know the big thing was like what there was the director's strike or whatever at the time, yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. thinks that Steven Spielberg actually directed this and Toby Hooper didn't, but. Uh, maybe, if we're being honest, maybe both of them directed it because there's things that I see in the film that I'm like, Spielberg that's Spielberg. So would Spielberg. Never... Yeah, well, like exactly. there's some
0: stuff that's so Spielberg, and there's some stuff there's it's like, there's no so way he would do it. this.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, there's, but the thing, the odd thing is, it all works. We used the word disjointed earlier in the podcast. I don't feel that this film, especially after these rewatches and cry, I saw this in theaters again. Last October, uh, they brought it back to theaters, which that was great. Um, I don't feel that this is disjointed, but if you put some things down on paper, you don't, you know. I don't see Spielberg doing some of the things that that yeah. were done. Uh, but I mean, obviously, there was some influence. I think that there's probably a bunch of stuff that no one will ever talk about that we'll never know. It's all hearsay. I mean. I'm sure that there were some times where Huber did something, and Spielberg and him sat and talked about it after. Maybe they, you know, maybe they even took a break on set and like, you know, I mean, there was probably, probably maybe more influence than there needed to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm sure that that's not there. That's not you know a stretch of the imagination. I'm sure. I mean, Spielberg being one of the biggest directors in the world as far as mainstream at that point, I'm sure that there was some influence and control over the film. I mean, we're not, you know, I I could definitely see that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there's also protecting, like, the Spielberg brand. Exactly. So, like, you can't do anything that's super off the wall. I mean, you're talking about the guy who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like that, which is not, like, that gory or extreme or anything, but, like... The subject matter at the
1: time for a mainstream film was pretty extreme, you know what I mean? It's, especially when you think about some of the shows that were on TV at the time and things. I mean, like, society, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, yeah. cannibal family cutting people up and throwing them in freezers and on meat hooks. Like, holy fuck, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but I know what you're saying. I don't want to undermine you in that. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton of gore, things like that. But the subject it, well, it, right. subject yeah. matter and what actually happens, you know I mean? Uh, but... Really liked Poltergeist, but I think I had seen it in between some other Spielberg films, and also hadn't seen all of Toby Hooper's work at that point. I think when I saw Poltergeist, I had seen Texas Chainsaw One, Two, and Salem's Lot. Um, hadn't seen Funhouse yet. Hadn't seen Eaten Alive, which I think Eaten Alive is ridiculously underrated in my opinion. Um, have you seen it alive? I have not, but you talk yeah, about it constantly. Yeah, you <laughs> need to see it live. Um, in a weird way, and we'll go in the film into the film a little bit. and I want to get your reaction to some stuff after this, but in a weird way, Poltergeist kind of killed. It was kind of the peak of of Toby Hooper's career. And kind of fucked up the rest of his career. But, I mean, to be honest... Well, it's strange. Because, okay, so he did that. And then he got a three-picture deal uh, to do whatever he wanted. Three guaranteed films. So, as a director, you're like, fuck... I mean, I made it. I'm done. Like, I, yeah. I'm fucking... Especially at the time. So, he got this deal, I think, like, 82 or something. He's like, well, I just basically mapped out the rest of my 80s for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're yeah. like, it shit's gonna be great. I, I made it, you know? And never saw the box officer and they thought he would on these films. I know that he had a lot of personal problems after that and it just seems like he never by the early 90s he still worked and I actually think his later films are good for what they are and they're underrated in some extent but he never is remembered again in the upper echelon with like Carpenter or Craven, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, some thoughts and opinions on Poltergeist.
0: So, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And oh, I mean wow, okay. I mean like a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I guess I wasn't the big I wasn't too hot on it. Like I thought it was fine. Like I thought it was a very fine film. I think part of the problem was I had seen Poltergeist right after I saw a poltergeist parody. Oh, um, because every year, and I still do this to this day, I'm not the biggest fan of the show overall, but every year it's a tradition to me watch, to watch the Treehouse of Horror episode of The Simpsons. Okay. <laughs> so, The Simpsons had their phenomenal poltergeist parody. Yeah. Or maybe it was even, like, cause, like, Family Guy did a poltergeist parody too. Yeah. So, like, it was one of those where, like, I had just seen that, like, early on in my childhood and then watch poltergeist <laughs> and i was like well i like the fucking family guy episode better than the film um but um i don't know so like poltergeist is not one that i've really been drawn back to i mean it's a film that i've definitely like looked into and like studied because like i found out it was like a quote-unquote cursed film like they used real skeletons and yeah stuff like that and then there's the whole like uh Unfortunate stuff that like happened with the girl and all that, and the lightning strikes and all the terrible, terrible things that happened after Poltergeist, um, which they talk about in the documentary Cursed Films, which is also on Shutter. I need to um, watch that. Yeah. Season two is better than season one. They cover better films in season one. Okay. Um, but season two is much better, like more well made. Um, my wife is in the house now. Um, if you heard the door, but that's fine. Um but yeah, I I'm open to rewatching Poltergeist at some point in my life, but it's not something that I've really been like drawn to rewatching, I guess.
1: I uh, last year I think that they were putting they put like Jaws, ET and Poltergeist in theaters again. Uh, which is strange because you think they would have done that more at the beginning of the pandemic. When they were doing that with a bunch of shit, but they yeah. they put they put those three. I went and saw all three again in theaters. Jaws is another that's up there. I will say I'm not going to get too far off topic, but it's pretty it's still on topic enough as we're talking about this era and these directors, producers. Um, I was never a huge E.T. guy. E.T. guy growing up, you know. I feel like feel like that was one of the ones that was pushed down your throat as a kid when uh, you'd see a lot of commercials or it'd be on late night tv i've never
0: seen et all the way through
1: wow okay all right well like
0: i i've talked about this i don't know if i've talked about this on the show but i talk talked about this in real life like i didn't really i'm the oldest in my family i didn't have any like older like siblings or like cousins i was close with right. to like show you like et goonies stuff like that like never ending story i've never really seen like any of those oh wow like,
1: oh wow because
0: like my parents like they were adults when those came out so yeah, like they're yeah, not yeah. gonna be like hey son watch this this yeah, is good yeah, like they, yeah. they never really saw it either yeah. so like like i've seen i get the gist of et i've never seen the whole thing but yeah like, yeah
1: yeah um man really recommend i okay so when i went back and watched et this time another one uh, I was blown away at how much. Not that I, how much I, because I I liked it before, but I always you know it, it, I don't want to say I thought it was overrated, but when you're young and all this stuff, you're like, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, it's ET. It's especially I didn't like stuff that was like too geared towards possibly like children and stuff like that, even when I was young. But man, ET really like hit, really hit home. This it really it was good. Like I really really enjoyed it. This I finally like. I actually re-ranked it I think I gave it like a four and a half or five stars because it actually hit something about Spielberg's or Spielberg produced as we're talking about Poltergeist films now that I've gotten like some ones I've went back and rewatched them as a, a now that I'm older I guess I would say his 80's fair because Close Encounters and Jaws are two of my favorite films of all time Yeah, but like going back and rewatching Poltergeist which you're talking about in E.T. uh I just realized how good these films are and like how much I enjoyed the humor the scares, the story. Uh, I think some of it now, because there's so many filmmakers that have ripped them off or done influencer inspired stories. I think maybe, I don't know if with you, but maybe even turn some people off from going back and watching the originals. Cause they've seen so many, uh, so many of the, uh, I don't know copycats or influence films or things like that they're like why do I need to you know why would I go back and watch that old especially if they're younger you know what I mean but I would recommend to you I want to talk about Poltergeist a little bit more before we wrap it up but going back and rewatching both of those Poltergeist uh, there's just some really good scares with the family I think the thing that drove both of those that made them better is how believable and how good the acting was in both of those films the families mm. about how terrified they were, how much they were using the family to try to get through this tragedy, um, whatever it may be, you know, between the two um, and how they were trying to adapt to a situation that was changing rapidly around them and getting out of their control Uh I think there's some great storytelling and great moments in both of these Poltergeist, I obviously I like a little bit more because of being more horror, you know, horror influence, horror Jason. I mean, like you said, scenes of the the skeletons coming in the tree, all the stuff with the tree on these rewatches. I've enjoyed more. And then like putting myself into the kid's shoes and like things like that. Yeah. Um, the scene with the face getting ripped apart in the mirror and stuff like that. I mean, that's just phenomenal. I mean, there's stuff that I see in it each, each time. Especially the chemistry, I would say, between the mother and father. Especially when I... I, I don't remember the mother being so hot when I was young with this Jesus last Christ. time. but And she's supposed to be 30 in the film. And I'm just like, holy shit, I'm older than the parents, supposedly, in Poltergeist now. But the mind, God, mom looks great. I don't know what, but any, I was blown away this last time, but, uh, I don't know if it's cause maybe, maybe even cause I'm getting closer to that age, you know what I mean? And I'm like seeing things a little differently or yeah. seeing things that, uh, a little bit, I don't say, I don't know if I'm any smarter, but a little more, a, more, a little more experienced, a little more lived in, I guess I'd say where I see all these nuances in the films and little subtleties that really I'm like, Oh, this is, this is why these are classics or deemed true classics at the time.
0: Yeah. What
1: do you think anything got anything?
0: No. Like, like, as I said, I mean, everything you've said, like, I definitely like, it's one that I would be down to rewatch. It's not something I have the greatest experience with it like i'm not as familiar with it like i again i know everything that happens in the film have not seen the remake um i heard that was terrible i was working at
1: the video store when that
0: hit i got a free ticket
1: to it and i watched it and i i mean i know the basic story but i can't remember almost anything about it i can't even remember what the actors looked like to be (laughs) honest i don't know who even was fucking cast in it i might later i'm not gonna do it on while we're on air but maybe go back and just like Look, I'm like, oh, that's who was in it, you know, on Letterboxd later tonight. But, uh I don't know. That's my two cents. I I think that, I think as someone who loves film and horror and all these things as much as you, I think you, I don't know, my two cents, whatever. But watch E.T. once and then re-watch.
0: <laughs> watch E.T. Once. <laughs> once. Watch
1: it through all the way. That's, it's kind of a crazy thing to say. Oh, just watch E.T. Like, you haven't seen it. It's just like. It's interesting to do these podcasts, you figure out what we have and haven't seen, you know, it's, it's interesting, but
0: yeah, I understand. Um, I guess for my last one that I will talk about, it's a film that at the, the first time I watched it, I thought it was just wildly overhyped. Didn't get it. Um, because I had heard people talking about it since it came out when I was in first grade (laughs) and I heard people talking about how crazy it was at the time and how you shouldn't see it because it was so scary and it was so real, and I remember watching it and just being incredibly underwhelmed. And now it's been a film that I've sort of been obsessing over rewatching. And I brought this up to you the other day as well.
1: Um, I already knew what. As but, soon as you but, said your age and what I, I already knew what it was. where Witch Project masterpiece. So
0: again, this has been the topic with all of mine with it being about hindsight because and especially after seeing so many found footage films like recently like i like this year i watched all the hell house llc movies and stuff like that okay. like i've been really getting into found footage a lot i mean obviously paranormal activity was huge in my life um i rewatched the last broadcast which i don't that one was actually brought down a little bit for me um from the first time i saw it but like blair witch like you watch megan's missing i have not rewatched <laughs> megan's missing <laughs> anyway, sorry, um but it's just a film that like again like for the vibe and the aesthetic of it like i was pitching you the idea my elevator pitch for miles via instagram direct message is bringing a t because i have a tv cr now like bringing the, it outside with an extension cord and watching blair witch project like with a fire going i think it'd be like the most most perfect i can't think of a better summer night than that um it's just a film that like i guess like over time i like i realized how much i actually did like it um and i could rewatch it again and be like oh like like these are just all like what's the word i'm thinking of in my head like I i can't think of the word to describe it but um maybe i'm over glamorizing it i guess but like, for some reason, it's just like, oh, like, I guess I actually did like that one. And I've seen Blair Witch 2. I like Blair Witch 2 for what it is. I think it's, that's one where you got to get a group of friends together and watch it and just have a good time. I but...
1: absolutely love Blair Witch. I've always been very pro Blair Witch Project. I think it's great. I love, what it, I love what it is. I love the idea of it. All the crazy shit with the marketing at the time and stuff like that. Oh, they made a whole website devoted to trying to make it real and every, you know what I mean? It's, it's genius. I'll never be done, never to be able to be done again because of the way the internet and the way media has changed. Um, huge Blair Witch fan. Blair Witch is one, speaking of this podcast, that's become a semi-annual rewatch. Uh, I think any time either I make a new friend or possibly have a new relationship or something like that, there's certain things that I pull out. It's almost always uh, Return of the Living Dead, Blair Witch, and then mm, SLC Punk seems to be one of that. <laughs> but I, That's I what I need to SLC- go back and rewatch. SLC it. Punk is, to me, the, I, I don't know. It's just something about it. I i know it's corny. I know it's cheesy. But I watch that semi-annual rewatch. I've watched it this year. I actually watched. I was gonna say not only Return of the Living Dead, but Return of the Living Dead Part Three. Uh, I just showed Shelby that on uh, Friday I, you've night. Re,
0: you've rewatched that a lot because we just watched part of that together. Like not like last too, year, not, not, wasn't not too last year. It was not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was and like you're last like, And you're, you're like, hey, Cat, you want to watch the last half hour of Returning the Living
1: Dead me. Part Three? I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> it's. I love it. A big. I mean, I'm a big. Uh, returning dead part three fan but there's, there's just a handful that you know i uh i show people that i feel like yeah if, if you're gonna if, if you want to watch it with me or you want to be with me or this or that like if you can get through these core things then you're all right and if you know but yeah blair witch yeah no i agree everything you're saying
0: but it, like it was like literally i like i'm sitting in class in first grade and like our teacher is, like, warning us to, like, not watch it. Like, they are telling this to first graders. Yeah. And, like, one of the kids in my class was like, oh, well, I saw it with my parents and I liked it and stuff like that. And, like, for some reason, like, I think my teacher, like, actually thought it was, like, supposed to be real or something. Like, I don't know. because well, the market, like, they did
1: that marketing thing that they tried to make it seem like that, you know. But I
0: guess, like, people actually, like, bought into it. Yeah, they which did. is, That's like, kind of, like, yeah. mind-blowing to me. Like yeah.
1: It was such a different time though, when we were young, it's hard to remember what that was actually like. But I mean, if you really think about Blair Witch and everything that came out around it, think about Blair Witch coming out three years after Scream, or shit like I Know What You Did Last Summer coming out in theaters and stuff like that, or fucking like Independence Day or things, and then all of a sudden you just get something It's called the Blair Witch and it's in theaters. It's completely different than anything else that come out around the time, you know? Especially in the mainstream of all things. Yeah.
0: Um, again, I don't really have as much to, like, say about it. Like, it's stuff that... I mean, and I've been thinking about it a lot more, too, because now there's all those, like, fan theories that have been online. It's like, oh, like, what if the guys, like, planned it, like, the whole time and it was actually, like, the guy's plot to kill the girl and there was no blur Witch at all and, like, they mapped out the whole thing where it's like oh well they did this because the guys were trying to hide the map and they did things in this way so like to make it like not seem supernatural at all like there's a lot of like really good like video essays and like stuff out there that you can watch that like sort of break all that down but that's one that like i'd like to like do watch it outside and like even like do a show like after it be like okay this is this is how that went because again that's another one that i haven't really watched in the correct environment and I think that's the perfect environment to oh, yeah. to sort of do it. Oh, so, I agree. And now, that I, for some reason, I have, like, three copies of it on VHS. I don't know how, <laughs> but, like, I don't know if it's just, like, an easy one to get. Because, like, if I'm buying, like, stuff in, like, a lot or, like, whatever, like, I feel like a copy of, like, Blair Witch is, like, always there. Right. But, like, for some reason, I own, like, three
1: copies of Blair Witch.
0: So, like, I'm hoping one of them actually plays pretty decently. <laughs> I
1: might even have a copy of it on VHS. I'd have to look i don't know off the top of my head but uh i'd really like to do that I, I i something that we had talked about before but uh kind of in the same vein but i'd like to do like a live commentary or live almost like a watch along and just see how it goes because we've never done anything like that We probably have to do
0: it with a public domain film so i don't get sued oh, but, true, but, true. but hey night of the living dead Something like that, we could do I don't know what else probably I, is public I domain? thought no, about no. I
1: thought about doing one that um, neither of us had ever seen before, so we're having live reactions just talking about it. you know what I mean? Like something that maybe the conversation would get pretty interesting, you know? What yeah. I mean? Maybe a little little more critical. No, like, like I've
0: that. done I've done for a cheap plug for podcasts I've done years ago, but like I've done a commentary of White Zombie, I've done a commentary right. of Nosferatu. Um, so it's stuff I've done before, never with someone. So I think that could be, could actually help. Cause like for a lot of it, it's just like, all right, what am I going to talk about for an hour and a half while I watch right. this movie? Right. And it's like, when do I talk? When do I not talk? Cause I like Nosferatu. I could talk the whole time. Cause there was no sound, but like, right. Right. um, but yeah, I'd totally be down to do like a commentary. We'd have to figure out what we would want to do. But. We'll
1: have to do, well, I'll do a little bit of planning, a little behind the scenes, but, uh, but yeah, any, any final thoughts on any of this or no,
0: I think I think the audience has a solid watch list for any of these that they haven't seen. And maybe if you guys are listening to this and you have time to submit some stuff that you've seen, um, recently that either one way or the other stuff that has really changed your opinion on in a positive way or a negative way. Cause the next one we're going to be doing the negative episode, um so definitely get in touch with us let us know your thoughts let us know um if our opinions are completely wrong or if you agree with what we said <laughs> um and let us know what we, what we should do a commentary of um yeah,
1: put it if you guys have any ideas definitely put it out there um i really liked your picks so i think they were good i mean honestly i would highly recommend. A very good varied list. I'd like to say as a final thought for me, that was like you know what I mean. Like you think about Night of the Demons on one, Wicker Man on the other. I mean, such different ends of yeah. the spectrum as right. far as like what you could actually watch. Even stuff that like borders into like critically acclaimed mainstream stuff yeah. with Poltergeist and even you know ET. Uh, we
0: didn't come in with super obscure ones. Like I feel like all these are like relatively well known so they're easy to get your hands on so i think if any of you guys want to check these out they're easily accessible so it's not something you're gonna to have to be like oh like it's out of print on dvd or some shit like most of these like you guys are able to find so let us know what your guys' thoughts are on these um thanks for coming on the show cat thanks for coming up with the idea for this show and the next couple shows we're going to try to get a few out up until October, like maybe a couple of months or something like that, just to kind of hold you guys over until I come out with another 31. Hopefully. So.
1: <laughs> well, I'm excited to, to do a few. I think that, uh, I like that. We don't know what each other's, um, picks are going to be going into this. That's what I enjoy the most. The spontaneousness of that. Um, but yeah thank you for having me on i look forward to i really do look forward to when we can announce what franchise we're uh we're watching and to be honest we we, we gotta we gotta get on i that. was gonna say we, we, got, we, we need to start <laughs> we need to
0: start watching them like a month ago <laughs> yeah it's true
1: yeah 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 honestly yeah that's true so uh i guess we're gonna we're gonna let you guys go so maybe we can actually uh think about watching these damn films but uh Thanks again buddy I appreciate it for having me on we'll we'll see I will see you soon so
0: we'll see you guys next time Miles and I are going to plan out our next movie marathon so I'll catch you guys um in the outro Well, that's about it for this time, you guys. I hope you enjoyed the films that have grown on us over the years, the films that we may have changed our opinions on, and films that we really, really want to re-watch in the near future if we haven't already. Again, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't, to please subscribe to my channel. Wherever you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get the show, make sure you're spreading the good word of Buddy's House of Horror, leaving a like, sharing it with a friend. It really means a lot to me, you guys. And with that, we're going to come at you very soon with another episode in the near future. So with that, take care and stay spooky.